Welcome to this new Thinking for a New World podcast of the Talberg Foundation. War. What is it good for? Turkey and Greece are locked in a struggle in the eastern Mediterranean. This struggle feels like it belongs more in 1920 than in 2020. What happens if Turkey's President Erdogan miscalculates how far he can push the Greeks? Could this lead to war between the two NATO allies? Will Greece's European allies come to its rescue? In this episode, Alan Stoker looks for answers from Konstantinos Filis, Executive Director at the Institute of International Relations at Pantheon University in Athens. One of the hottest of global hotspots today is the Eastern Mediterranean. There is a witch's brew of competing alliances, conflicting national claims for massive offshore natural gas, gunboats, religion, history, and perhaps most dangerously, a classic big man type leader who appears to think he has a rendezvous with destiny. I want to talk about all those elements, but let me start with a very simple question, Konstantinos. Do you think there will be a war between Greece and Turkey anytime soon? No, I don't think so, and uh, I don't hope so. Uh, there are many reasons for that. Uh, the main, of course, being that uh, Greece and Turkey are both uh, NATO allies, a part of uh, uh, NATO, and uh, although uh, NATO might be considered as obsolete by President Trump, or uh, been suffering from uh, uh, brain death, uh, as uh, President Macron has uh, uh, stated, uh, it seems to me uh, difficult that we might see a war uh, between Greece and Turkey. Uh, we might, of course, uh, very well uh, see uh, a hot incident uh, taking place, uh, but a large-scale war between two NATO allies uh, seems to be out of the question. Of course, I have to um, stress that uh, in today's world, uh, uncertainties uh, certainly uh, prevail over certainties, uh, which means that um, we uh, must be uh, prepared for uh, any scenario. Uh, but this uh, scenario seems to be the least possible. So hopefully no war. But what does President Erdogan want? It is evident that Erdogan wants to dictate the terms of the game. And he's uh, seeking uh, geopolitical uh, breathing room uh, for a Turkey that he feels uh, that is suffocating. Uh, so he wants uh, more geopolitical breathing room uh, beyond his own borders. He doesn't necessarily want to conquer the territory of a third country, uh, be it Greece or uh, Cyprus, although he, uh, Turkey is, has already conquered uh, almost one third of, of Cyprus. But It doesn't seem to me that this is his uh, main uh, objective. Uh, it is rather to extend uh, Ankara's influence to a geographical range that resembles that of the Ottoman Empire. Now let's look at it from the other side. What does Greece want or perhaps need in the Eastern Mediterranean and more generally from Turkey and President Erdogan? So for Greece... Uh, the top priority uh, in the last eight months in the Eastern Mediterranean uh, has been to counter, to undermine, in other words, the Turkey-Libya agreement. And uh, through uh, our Greek-Egyptian uh, agreement, to an extent, uh, we have succeeded. Uh, we consider the agreement between Athens and Cairo to be the sole legal 
the limitation agreement in the uh, given section of the Mediterranean, which first creates a legal dispute uh, with the Turkey-Libya agreement, as both agreements uh, overlap one another. Our goal in the Eastern Mediterranean is certainly not to create a block that uh, uh, will be anti-Turkish. Greece wants Turkey to be part of regional developments and to be part of energy developments. Uh, We do realize that Turkey and the Turkish market is too big to be ignored. Uh, And uh, Turkey, of course, can be and should be uh, if it decides to play a more constructive role in regional affairs, it can and it should be a market of great interest for all producers in the region, uh, be it Egypt, uh, Israel, and even Cyprus, or provided, of course, that there will be a solution to the Cyprus issue and that Turkey will recognize the Republic of Cyprus. Greece does not want to uh, marginalize uh, Turkey uh, from the region. Uh, I think that what is happening for the uh, last couple of years is that Turkey is uh, uh, marginalizing itself from regional developments. Because if you look into the map, Turkey uh, has very poor relations with both Israel and Egypt. Turkey does not recognize Cyprus. Turkey disputes and challenges uh, Greece's uh, sovereign rights uh, in a very consistent way. Turkey uh, has been part uh, of the uh, Libya uh, and the Syrian wars, uh, and uh, it has uh, and it shows uh, an uh, aggressive and assertive uh, policy uh, vis-à-vis its neighbors. So it's not Greece to blame for uh, Turkey feeling or being actually marginalized from regional affairs. It's more the Turkish leadership to, to blame. Greece does not want to um, formulate uh, an anti-Turkish front. But still, the more we feel threatened by Turkey, uh, the more uh, necessary it becomes for us to find uh, not necessarily alliances, but uh, synergies with other regional players, but also with outside players like uh, the US or the uh, European Union, which have a common interest, which is to see the Eastern Mediterranean becoming a more stable region and a more prosperous region. We cannot be stable and prosperous with uh, Turkey uh, playing that uh, uh, unproductive role. If diplomacy does not prevail, and if Turkey continues with this uh, gunboat uh, diplomacy and uh, the uh, continuous threats Uh, against almost every other regional player, sooner or later, uh, it will find itself uh, in a stalemate. Let's go back to the question of what Erdogan wants. Over the course of his rule, he has reoriented his country from facing Europe to facing the Middle East. He's defined it as an Islamic country, the recent conversion of Hagia Sophia uh, and other Uh, churches back to mosques, Uh, the declaration that uh, the liberation of the Aqsa Mosque is his vision, and so forth and so on. You just said that you would hope that Ankara would understand that its national interest lies in a solution in the Eastern Mediterranean that is consistent with law, practice, history, 
What is it that you see in what President Erdogan has been doing recently that suggests he's looking for that kind of rational solution? Well, I'm not that optimistic, uh, to be frank. I only hope that uh, uh, Turkey and Erdogan will uh, adapt to what I said before, uh, the regional uh, realities and legal realities, but I'm not that uh, optimistic. Uh, but furthermore, what is worrisome is uh, Erdogan's inclination to make comparisons between Islam and other religions with the, formers, with the former always uh, prevailing morally, as well as his strong view that the West is dishonest and corrupted, but also that uh, its uh, superiority is declining. In its neighborhood, uh, only uh, in, uh, during the last year, uh, Turkey has penetrated Syria. It has established positions uh, in uh, Iraq uh, on the pretext of uh, countering uh, Kurdish terrorists. It is heavily involved in the Libyan war, uh, but systematically breaching the UN arms embargo. And it has uh, secured uh, a base in, uh, in Somalia. Uh, this did not take place in, in the last year, but uh, some years ago. At the same time, it is using Muslim populations at various points uh, on the globe to extend its influence. And it is doing this by claiming the role of uh, the protector of Sunnis, trying to win over and become a, a rallying point for these Muslims. And this has gained Turkey a Muslim audience, but drawn the ire of the leaderships of many Muslim and Arab states. What's more, Turkey nowadays disputes the theory and practice of international treaties and conventions. It defies institutional processes and supranational organizations like the EU, like the United Nations, even NATO, although it's part of it. And it emphasizes, and this is due to uh, President uh, Erdogan's uh, inclination to uh, interpersonal relationships and what we call transactional diplomacy. It pointedly disregards international law, fabricating its own uh, admixture of interpretations and case law to produce a result that is usually uh, tailored to its own ends. So in all these ways, uh, Turkey is trying to force Greece to come to the negotiating table. And in other words, through its coercive diplomacy and by creating gray zones uh, through its power, uh, it is trying to gradually wear down and strain the Greek side to make us in future negotiations more open to Turkey's sensitivities. And at the same time, Ankara is attempting to keep us from exercising our sovereign rights in areas of Turkey's interest, in the hope of weakening these rights over time. Turkey also wants to make everyone aware that it is the dominant power in the wider region and that no one can or should question it. All of that's true and none of it sounds like it'll end well. How does Greece protect its rights, achieve its goals and avoid war? So Greece's goal is twofold. First, having strengthened uh, its uh, deterrent force, of course, given that Turkey is heavily armed and aggressive. Greece wants a dialogue with Turkey within a predefined framework. 
and with a commitment to go to the international court if we cannot settle our differences bilaterally. In fact, ideally, we would like to see a new rapprochement between the EU and Turkey, obviously in the context of a special relationship with specific commitments and terms that include good neighborly relations with Greece and Cyprus. Thus, EU-Turkey and Greece-Turkey dialogues could proceed in tandem. Of course, and I think this should be the second axis of our policy, for this to happen, Turkey needs to be given incentives and the way out of its current stalemate so as not to further alienate the pro-European camp within Turkey. But at the same time, we need resolve and economic measures to tone down Turkey's aggressiveness. What do you think the Europeans and the Americans should do to support Greece? Uh, Erdogan gains confidence every time he sees either the EU or the US show their surprising level of tolerance for Turkey's moves. So this makes the message unclear and the Turkish leadership takes advantage of this. But the biggest challenge is that the West hasn't yet developed a consistent policy as to how it should deal with Turkey. Erdogan's Turkey thinks that it does not belong to a camp, that it is too powerful and too big to be under the umbrella of any intergovernmental institution. And of course, Turkey, according to Erdogan, can negotiate on an equal basis with other major powers. So nowadays, although the European Union has a great leverage towards Turkey that has to do with the poor performance of the Turkish government with regard to its economy, uh, we uh, see members of the European Union Uh, like Germany, uh, focusing on um, how to improve relations with Turkey, which, of course, as I said before, is something that Greece also expects. It is crucial for our foreign policy to see Turkey not alienating from the West and from the European Union, but uh, uh, returning uh, into the West's orbit. But this does not seem to be uh, the case uh, anymore. Uh, But regardless of that, uh, the European Union can, in a way, stem Turkey's aggressiveness by uh, economic means. And uh, although uh, we have seen that uh, sanctions do not necessarily work and are not necessarily very effective in the case of Russia after the illegal annexation of Crimea, but given that the Germans are cautious towards Uh, imposing uh, sanctions on Turkey, uh, we cannot tell whether President Erdogan is bluffing when he says that he will go till the end in order to protect his country's interests, or this is not the case and he really means it. The problem here is that the European Union and the US, for different reasons, have not yet found the necessary mix of policies using carrot and stick towards Turkey. In the case of the European Union, the carrot can very well be the upgrade of the customs union 
Uh, the uh, funds that Turkey needs uh, to uh, improve the situation in its economy, and I'm referring uh, especially to foreign direct investment, uh, Turkey desperately uh, needs to secure uh, FDIs uh, from uh, abroad, and uh, it cannot be Qatar you know, uh, being there for Turkey uh, always. More than 50% of Turkey's economy in uh, terms of exports and imports depends on the European Union and the European Union economy. So we have to uh, take that into consideration. But on the other hand, we need the stick. And the stick has to be uh, measures and has to be uh, sanctions uh, that will be on the table, but sanctions that might hurt the Turkish economy provided that Turkey continues on the same pace and direction, questioning uh, Greece's sovereign rights, violating Cyprus's exclusive economic zone, and gradually becoming a structural challenge, not only for Greece, Cyprus, Egypt, or other regional states, but a structural challenge, if not threat, for the whole of the West. Now, let me push back and be a bit undiplomatic. The situation in Europe is, to put it mildly, fraught. You have the pandemic, you have the recession, you have the profound fight between the northern part of Europe and the southern part of Europe, the western part of Europe and the eastern part of Europe. You lack coherent, aggressive leadership. You've got a German chancellor who is soon to leave. You've got a French president uh, who's going to have to start thinking about his reelection soon. The conditions don't seem to exist to do the kinds of things you just described in a coherent, forceful, focused way, that the Germans have not been terribly supportive, that they are, as you said, balanced between what to do about Turkey and what to do about Greece. There's a kind of moral equivalence there, which is astounding to look at from a distance. You, after all, are a NATO partner, are an EU partner. Turkey is a NATO partner that's buying weaponry from Russia. Uh, it's a very complicated situation. Although I see your argument and I see the desirability of the path you lay out, is anybody in Berlin, Paris, or Brussels listening? First and foremost, Greece is vigilant in order not to let Turkey run rampant in, in the Eastern Mediterranean and be sure about it. However, I agree with uh, the core of your argument that nowadays the European Union is uh, facing so many challenges, uh, both uh, abroad but also uh, inside the European family, uh, that uh, uh, the way uh, we tackle uh, the Turkish challenge might not be a priority. Still, the Eastern Mediterranean is a region uh, which is uh, uh, becoming uh, the focus or one of the focuses of uh, uh, international affairs. Why is that? Because we have so many challenges being concentrated in the region at the same time, namely failed states or dysfunctional states, to be politically correct, like the ones in Libya and Syria. We have uh, the repercussions of the COVID-19, uh, which might be uh, dire, uh, for a number of countries in the northern part of Africa and the Middle East as well. 
We have a vacuum both uh, after uh, the U.S. decided to uh, not to deal with uh, everyday uh, affairs of uh, the wider region, but also we have an Arab vacuum as well. We also uh, detect that Russia is uh, trying to restore part of its influence in the Eastern Mediterranean through Syria. Uh, also, China is uh, uh, interested in the Eastern Mediterranean uh, because uh, this region is uh, crucial to uh, its uh, Silk Road uh, initiative, this Belt Road initiative of, of China, uh, especially uh, as far as uh, trade is uh, concerned. And also, we have jihadist terrorism and we have migration and uh, refugee, which means that even if our European partners or our American partners want to be defiant uh, on the uh, Eastern Mediterranean developments, they simply can't be. So in my point of view, Greece must persuade its partners that what is happening and what will happen in the Eastern Mediterranean is not only you know, a part of uh, Greece's national interests and uh, is not only uh, uh, to the interest of Greece or Cyprus or other regional powers, it is to the interest of the West as a whole. Because if the Eastern Mediterranean becomes more unstable, if, for instance, Egypt fails, which means that we will have a huge black hole uh, at this part of the world, if the Libyan and the Syrian crisis are not solved, if we have new migration and refugee uh, flows uh, coming both from Turkey and from uh, Libya, trying to reach European soil, then uh, it will not be Greece uh, that will be in a, a difficult position to tackle these challenges. It will be the whole uh, of the European Union. And of course, the United States also have an interest on ma in making sure that Russia and China are not going to become dominant powers in the Eastern Mediterranean. Uh, it is 100 years ago that the Ottoman Empire formally disappeared. And as you've pointed out earlier in our conversation, there is a kind of new Ottomanism afoot. So I want to end with the question I started with. All of this on the table and all of the irrationality and short-sightedness we see in leaders in Europe, in the United States, elsewhere, are you sure there's not going to be a war between Turkey and Greece? EU's and U.S.'s inaction uh, whets uh, Erdogan's appetite, that's for sure. And uh, we have uh, a neighbor uh, which is uh, important, uh, big, uh, but still very aggressive, very assertive, and looking for adventures. Turkey uh, is exercising uh, a coercive uh, diplomacy and wants to impose its will on uh, other states. Uh, in the region, but in a, a wider area as well. Still, and although the dynamics are not in uh, the uh, most positive direction, I still consider that major crisis between Greece and Turkey is not the most plausible scenario. 
it seems to me that the next couple of weeks will determine whether Greece and Turkey are going to enter into a dialogue with the restart of the exploration talks, uh, which uh, ended in March 2016. If this is going uh, to be the case, then we uh, stand the chance of uh, seeing de-escalation of uh, the current crisis. Otherwise, we should prepare ourselves uh, for any uh, scenario, even the worst case scenario. Uh, Greece uh, is a NATO ally, is at the core of the European Union, uh, part of the Eurozone, and it's not uh, that easy for Turkey to start uh, a war or even a short military conflict with us. Well, this has been the year of the plague so far. Let's hope that things work out in a better way in the Eastern Mediterranean and hope that the approach you have outlined, which makes terrific sense for both countries, Turkey and Greece, is the one that eventuates over the next weeks and months. Thank you very much, Konstantinos. Thank you, Alan. It was uh, a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the New Thinking for a New World podcast. We welcome your comments and please subscribe to other episodes in the podcast app of your choice. This podcast was made possible with the generous support of the Stavros Niarchos Foundation.